0: episode six of the nlpt podcast it's a podcast it's a podcast it's a podcast because it's on itunes so it's a podcast it's real uh my is eric hageman uh i am joined this week by dylan campion exciting first time appearance on the show um dylan is our head strength coach head honcho head everything out in Stratford because uh well, he's pretty much the only guy out in Stratford these days, so he's he's kind of like a one-man band out at our second facility in Stratford, Ontario. Um, and he's usually here on Fridays, and it's Friday, so I wanted to get him on and have a little training talk with Coach Dillon there. A little training talk. And uh, as I told him beforehand, I don't edit or prepare any of this stuff, so we just wing it. So if it comes out awkward and weird, then... Oh, well, it's just what it is. But uh, before we get going on today's stuff, again, just a reminder, if this is the first time that you're tuning in and you're wondering what it is that we're doing, what we're talking about, why we're here, why you're here, why you're not doing something else, why maybe you should be doing something else, maybe you're turning it off right now because I'm not getting to the point, the reason that we're doing this is uh, this gives us a chance to talk a little bit more, uh, a little bit deeper into some of the observations that we have from the gym and the athletes that we coach Uh, this is about uh, going a little bit deeper into the philosophies into the whys behind some of our programming and training and coaching decisions uh, because we don't have time during the week uh, as much time as we would like to to actually sit and talk training with the athletes that we coach here so this is just another medium for them hopefully to uh, or you if you are one of our athletes uh, to benefit and to get a little bit more out of the training process, uh, just by getting to know us a little bit better as coaches and understanding um, a little bit more about why we do what we do and why you're doing what you're doing, uh, in the hopes in the pursuits of getting more out of your training because that's what it's ultimately all about. So, with that, I asked Dylan if. He had any thoughts or uh, observations that he wanted to share with y'all this week, uh, because again, he's out in Stratford. He's running everything out there, doing a lot of the programming, uh, doing pretty much all of the coaching out there these days. Um, so yeah, Dylan. Actually, maybe let's let's uh, tell the people who you are, because tell the people who yeah, I am. A little little bit of your backstory.
1: All right. Okay. Uh, well, back backstory. So, uh, what are you gonna say
0: into the mic, there, Coach? Dylan. oh, in the mic. All right, a little <laughs> closer.
1: Too far away. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, my backstory is: well, I came to NLPT in twenty. When did I graduate? Twenty thirteen. How long I've been here for? Twenty thirteen, I think. So, mm-hmm. just graduated uh, university. Went to the University of Waterloo, which is where Andrew and Eric also went. For their undergrad so did my undergrad in kin had a pretty good idea that this was the this was what I wanted to do with my life was strength and conditioning and so I kind of fell a little bit into the job there was going to be a, a partnership with the company that I uh, worked with at the time ended up not working out so um, Andrew posted on Facebook said hey we're looking for a coach and I emailed them back and said hey I'm looking to be a coach and uh, here I am four years later from Working three hours a week with the, uh, what was the first team I worked with? I think it was probably one of the Roadrunner teams.
0: That's funny. Yeah.
1: Three hours a week with the teams? Three hours a week with wow. the teams, once a week, and then football programs started. <laughs> Interesting. And then progressed from there, and then Stratford evolved. I forget and, some
0: of those early days with you around. It's weird. I just, yeah, I forget some of the uh, yeah, some of those first times you were working. I didn't know there was a Facebook ad that did it yeah facebook post yeah and
1: it's funny because i wasn't andrew had added me as a friend a couple days before just to say hey i heard of your name through this guy and you want to sit and meet we met and had coffee and kind of evolved from there so it's kind of cool kind of a cool little little thing that just fell into my lap and yeah obviously it's worked out yeah as these
0: things do yeah this stuff just tends to just happen so yeah. yeah, so a couple of years with uh, with the gym, and then you moved out to Stratford. Um, pretty much running and show out there when we opened up. What was that? April twenty fifteen.
1: Yeah, April then, it, which is which is funny because I'm I'm actually from Stratford, so that's my those are my that's stomping true. grounds. Yep. It was, uh, Shout out to the Northwestern listeners. all probably <laughs> however many of you there are today. Probably none. So probably none. Probably <laughs> none from Northwestern. Well, well, how how, many, how this... many how many athletes from Northwestern we got? I think Central so this is a Stratford relevant conversation, but probably our central athletes. We got what? One, two, three, four, five, six. I think St. Mike's is probably actually our most represented school right now. And I'm just going to say Northwestern to second most just because I went there.
0: Well, to all you St. Mike's people, out there, then this is for you. Yeah. Great. All right. So let's get into it today then. Um, what do you want to talk about? Uh, big thing I wanted to actually talk about was something that
1: uh, is sort of similar to what you and Zach maybe discussed last week, but a different side of the equation. So when an athlete comes up to us and they say, hey, I've got this exercise, How you know, this is how many reps I have to do what should i do for weight and i think what what i like to talk about with the athletes as well and uh, is more about well what do you what do you think the the idea that we are these huge databases of okay if you're 14 years old and you can squat 100 pounds that means that if i use my little math equation your rear foot elevated split squat should look like weight number x right um, and that we have a mm-hmm. uh, that we have a really good idea of what exactly you should
0: do in that moment um i don't know that, that's kind of what i wanted to what i wanted to talk about a bit so so a, uh so basically an athlete comes they have a there's a new exercise that they haven't done before um and they just want to know how much weight to lift
1: yeah some, seems, and sometimes
0: that even an exercise that they've done like a sensible question yeah what's what's your problem with that oh why, not why not that wanna,
1: why don't you want to help that kid out man Oh, if it's a—I mean, if it's a new exercise they've never done it before, I, I get it. Uh, we're talking like they've done—you know—they've done a set of rear foot, so they've done this. But I guess new exercises too. Um, what I what I want to do in the gym as a coach is not only coach an effective program and write an effective program, but I also want to empower our athletes to be able to make those decisions on their own. Because as much as we want to train an athlete from when they're twelve years old until when they're thirty. Chances are they're not gonna they're not gonna be here for eighteen years. They're gonna be somewhere else in life. They're gonna move. They're gonna play for a different team. So we won't see them for you know six, seven, eight months of the year. This happens a lot with our pro guys and our guys in the OHL. Um, At that point, they're a little older, maybe a little more mature, so they kind of get it a bit more. Mm -hmm. But it happens sometimes. You just won't see an athlete for six months because they're really busy playing baseball. You know, and they can't come in for three sessions a week and. Um, And so a big part of what I do, and this is everywhere, but in Stratford for myself is I want to empower and enable that athlete to pick up a weight and say, I'm going to do this weight. And then that's the idea that I want them to bounce off of me is, is challenge yourself a little bit so that I'm not doing all that thinking for you. So do some of that thinking for yourself and, uh, and come to us for feedback from that. I think that that as a coach makes me feel really good when an athlete says, Hey, I just did 40 pounds and that felt super easy. And I can look at that athlete and say, Yep, yeah, it was super easy. So what are we gonna do? Mm-hmm. And they say, Go up. And they, they just know they get it. Um, it's it's a rare quality at the younger ages, I think, and one that I really like to like to foster at those ages too, because I think that's that can be sometimes what separates athletes at that younger age is you know, sometimes it's a big discrepancy in skill and size when you're 12 and 13 and you're hitting puberty right in the face. So, um, yeah. I, okay.
0: I, so when they, <clears throat> I guess, ask you how much weight to – so what do you actually say? How do you, how, do you, how do you actually handle that with a kid in the moment when he approaches you and said, how much weight do I do? Because it's – I can understand why someone would want to know that information. Mm-hmm. It's a critical piece of information when you're doing any exercises, especially a new one. What do I do what's what's right here how do i go about thinking and dialing in what a correct load should be
1: Mm
0: -hmm. what do you say Uh, i think it depends on the athlete
1: Uh, we talk a little bit about personality as well so getting to know your athletes is really important so i have a a really good relationship with all of the athletes that train in stratford one because i'm the only guy out there but two because i think that's an important part of the training process is being able to know how an athlete's going to respond if you push a certain button uh, so for me it depends on the athlete very commonly what i'll do is sometimes i'll look at them if i think they can handle it and say i don't know what do you think mm-hmm. in the back of my head you have an answer you know what you know what you want them to say and you've got you've got that answer for them but but make them think a little bit mm-hmm. and then if they want to bounce an idea off me and say okay well what do you think about 25 pounds you think that would be too much and i'll say yeah i think it might be too much or you know what? I think you're, I think you're underselling yourself. Trust your strength. You've got the, you can get in that position and mm-hmm. you can get out of there with speed at 20 pounds. So I don't know if 25 pounds is going to be enough for you, mm-hmm. you know, hypothetically.
0: So, so yeah, but I really, think it, but really there's no way to know, uh, just talking about it. Right. Mm, yeah. Yeah. You and sometimes to, you gotta, you have to do it. Sometimes that's, you gotta do it. Yeah. Only, that's the only kind of way. Yeah, I mean what if someone just doesn't they just flat out don't know like it's not a matter of underselling or or underestimating or trying to pinpoint that right thing. It, it just it's a new thing. They just don't know what to do. But the way I usually handle that is uh, is I, I start by lowballing them and I say, do you think you could lift like three pounds if that with this exercise? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, well, how about 800 pounds? Like, no. <laughs> okay so you have some kind of a barometer for what you can what you can't do right now let's try to narrow that down a little bit you know so it it at least gets them it it shows shows it to themselves that they actually can think and can make some decisions and using extremes like that is a is a good way to at least start that where i go from there is all right so pick something that you know you can you know you can do three pounds you know you can do five you know you can do ten um so let's just pick something easy and just make sure we understand how to do this exercise correctly first and then if it still feels easy if it feels like your technique is perfect and you feel like you can go up then go up and Mm. that's it and that's all that's how you do it (laughs) that's how i do it you know and your your sense for that stuff gets a little sharper over time but You pick something light, you pick something that you know you can do well, and then once you do it, you add more, and that's pretty much it. And then once you pick a weight where you either can't complete it or you can't complete it with good technique and good quality, then it's too much, and then we drop down a little bit, and then we just kind of bounce back and forth until we figure something out. Yeah, so it's pretty much just as simple as that. Uh, it doesn't have to be too complicated, and, and the main idea is that I I don't know, and he doesn't know. So let's just start moving and figure something out, and eventually we'll arrive at the uh, we'll arrive at the right answer. But uh, yeah, again, it goes back to like the main one of the main ideas that we're we're even doing here is we're we're teaching kids how to train, we're teaching athletes how to self monitor and 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 figure these things out for themselves. Um, as long as they're sticking to the. Uh, principle of training with good technique and training um, you know, within their capacity, then we want to get stronger and lift as much weight as we possibly can. Yeah, and
1: and the question that I always bounce off of an athlete after something like that is, what's the worst thing that can happen by going too light? Right. Nothing. Yeah. I mean, you get an extra warm-up set. Yeah. What's the worst thing that can happen by going too heavy?
0: Well, right. significantly something... Yeah, worse right so. yeah it depends um yeah and sometimes I do just tell them like I just try to try a 20 pound dumbbell just just to give them some kind of a starting reference but you know for the most part we're trying to we're trying to show people how to how to you know work that process themselves mm-hmm. so cool um okay so the next thing I kind of wanted to talk about was uh was our conditioning with the with the HP program um that's been really ramping up in intensity This past few weeks It's been getting pretty difficult for, for a lot of the guys we're, we're basically doing really high intensity Interval sessions on the Assault Bike And uh, like we're talking on the low end One minute So one minute pretty much all out uh, And on the high end up to four or five minutes even So we're doing VO2 max intervals And uh, a lot of the guys have been really suffering with it but it's been good like i think they've actually responded pretty well and they're i've almost i've almost noticed that they're almost starting to enjoy getting deep into how painful those those workouts can actually be like they're starting to get into that pain cave and i don't know it's they're they're starting to get it i don't know how to describe it but yeah they're they're, they're not resisting it they're not like Obviously, they're dreading it, but they're also really accepting it, and they're being re- really receptive to how challenging those workouts can be, how rewarding it, it it can feel when they're done, and how productive it can actually feel. Um, yeah, I don't know what your experience or what you've observed with uh, with the with the intervals has been.
1: Yeah, I it, it's been awesome. They've been great. Um, I would say that there's something ab- about it that just the way that these high level high level athletes high level thinkers are wired that i mean you dread it but you also love it right i mean there's something about going you know going into the trenches with the boys and with the girls and you know you're all kind of going to do the same thing and it's it's going to suck for everyone and it's not going to feel amazing while you're doing it but knowing that there's some light at the end of that tunnel i think is is really good mm-hmm. i mean we had a i came in this morning and told eric this but uh, me and a couple of our high performance athletes some of our OHL guys out in stratford uh i mistakenly jumped into their the conditioning component of uh of our tuesday evening lift and i, I could barely walk on Wednesday. Oh, you, you did it yeah what I, what did you a, do we did the the one minute straight of front squat Ugh. and uh just yeah i wasn't oh what a mistake that's not good yeah
0: well that really wasn't conditioning work shouldn't have been at least yeah well, was it? it
1: it just feels like it, it feels yeah, like yeah. It.
0: well yeah one if, minute one yeah. minute hard of anything especially squats for yeah sure. I, I, and that's uh, that's kind of the it's the end of
1: our at the end of our Tuesday day
0: yeah it's hard for con- um yeah and it actually it took a few weeks for people to really get how to do those intervals correctly like when mm-hmm. I say all out I don't mean that they're taking off you know they're exploding in the first 10 seconds with as much power as they can possibly output Mm -hmm. and then just trying to hold it for five minutes it's i mean it's physiologically impossible to to sustain that type of an effort um what we're doing is actually trying to arrive at an intensity that they can hold steady for that amount of time so we're and it's it's submaximal by nature i mean you have to go submaximal if you're going to maintain that but we're looking for the greatest amount of effort that they can sustain for the interval Mm -hmm. that's essentially those are the those are the instructions on how to do the workout Uh, and it takes a little bit of time to figure out exactly what that feels like but a lot of the guys have um they have power meters in front of them so they're able to actually get feedback on their output uh and so once they zero in once they target in on a number The job is really just to hold it and the last the last minute 90 seconds is just if you've never gone that hard and that and that far into that type of workout it's as hard as it gets it's Mm -hmm. it's it really is it's it's absolutely brutal but super effective for raising vo2 max and developing their aerobic conditioning system so and honestly that it's it's not going to get easier as the summer goes along either (laughs) it's going to get it's going to get more intense. The intervals are probably going to drop down a little bit, and we're going to focus on some of the high-end speed and, and developing some endurance around that, but I've just been super happy with the way that the conditioning has gone. I think usually conditioning is kind of treated as a as a garbage aspect or a garbage part of the workout you where know, you just do something to, to make yourselves tired, throw a circuit together, and it's sort of random. But mm. these have been very purposeful. Um, we've been very clear to the athletes how we want them to be done. Uh, we've been clear what kind of heart rates we want to see them at, what kind of perceived exertion we want them to be feeling, and what the actual purpose of the workout is. So they're just super dialed in. They're super connected with the outcome of that of that training session. There's nothing random about it um and they're very very simple too we're not doing eight or nine different exercises there's no ropes which if anybody knows me i just i hate the i think i'm sorry i'm honest but i don't i do I, I don't hate them because they're tough i hate them because i just i think they're dumb uh, i just i whenever i see it i just i just can't help but think that's a fake exercise just cringe that's man. not an exercise it's but anyway so there's there's none of that fluff in there it's straight up either assault bikes or sprints that's pretty much all we're doing so i love it i love the simple boring stuff i you know and i love when i when kids start to buy into the to the simple boring stuff cuz that's that's where the good stuff is yeah we've had <clears throat> we're kind of lucky out in stratford
1: because we've got i mean we're right between two arenas so the one arena actually has a track on the outside of it so what i've been doing is Like Eric said, I'll I'll plug our athletes into the heart rate monitor and say, I'm going to stand here, and if your heart rate goes below or above this level, that can be good or bad depending on what kind of conditioning they're doing. But I give them a number, and I say, this is how many laps we're doing in this amount of time. And the first time I did, I said, okay, we're going to do four laps, and it's going to take us less than three minutes. And the three guys that I had doing it that day, they looked at me, and they're like, okay good one but what are we actually going to do like <laughs> really? no well, we're going to do it we yeah. got four laps in us it's a 200 meter track so it's not it's not a four, full 400 but said, so yeah that's that's the pace i want you at and when you finish it's going to be hard but you're going to have three minutes to rest right you're going to yeah. have you're going to have some time for that system to recover so don't worry you can you can go you can give it but it's a constant pace it's not a sprint and the first week they were just dead Mm -hmm. right because they you you really you really have no idea of what that pace is going to look like at the start so now that we're in week seven week eight like you said they're just they're dialed in right they Mm -hmm. know exactly what they're you know if i were to give them a split time they'd know how to hit it right Mm -hmm. they can and that's a cool thing for for non-track athletes to know what a split time looks like and what i need to what a pace at this specific rate feels like i think that's really good i've Mm -hmm. actually noticed that with our Uh, With a lot of our kind of slow and low uh, aerobic days on Wednesdays. Yeah. Yeah, I've noticed a lot of our athletes thought, you know, they'd get up to a heart rate and they look at me and they think, is this, how am I going to do this for an hour? And I'd say you kind of got to trust me on this one because it's going to be okay. It's going to be boring more than it's going to be anything else.
0: Yeah, that's and really that's okay, cool. yeah, right? That's it's, really the thing with that. The
1: excitement is looking at and whether or not you're able to
0: stay in the green color or whether you're going to blue or to orange. Yeah. So that, what that kind of like what kind of heart rates are you noticing? People are hovering around when it comes to the the low slow stuff. Uh, low and slow, I found that usually
1: some of the lower ends get to 143, but the higher end, we can actually hit around 155 and maintain that for, yeah. for a good hour. Or that's so. pretty,
0: yeah, it's a couple times to be expected for kids this
1: young. So yeah, sometimes we'll see athletes too, that'll hit like that are hitting 160 and 165 and they won't even know it. Mm-hmm. And yep. just recognizing you there's, there's perceived exertion as well. Right. So if that athlete's hitting 160 and it doesn't look like the end of the world. It probably
0: isn't. They can probably maintain that. Yeah. You know, and let them, let them stay there. So we've got a few that are comfortably in the 160s. Yeah. And we've we've kind of I've kind of established that they're allowed to do that stuff at, you know, a heart rate of even 170. Yeah. Which for me, like if if I'm doing 170 and I'm running, I'm 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 Toast. puking. Yeah, like it's yeah, it's fine. awful. It's I, that's my high end. But uh yeah, for whatever reason some of the some of the younger athletes they have higher resting heart rates they also have really so for some of the some of the athletes that we um, or that i notice are at a slightly higher heart rate for this long steady stuff they have a pretty high max heart rate and yeah that's, that's a true. tested max um, so like you like the usual the the formula that gets written on every you know, cardio machine ever if you go into the good life or something is 220 minus oh, your age and then you go percentage based on that That formula is kind of bunk. That's that's pretty much been um, discarded in the in the scientific literature. is useless. There's a lot of genetic variability with max heart rates, and in one particular case here, we have uh, we have a girl who tested her max heart rate at 225, which should be impossible according to (laughs) that formula. According to yeah yeah yeah, she's yeah she's 21 22 years old and. Yeah, it should be in the 190s, right? She but, lived and, to see another and day, and she just couldn't be more relaxed at 170. It's it's really really strange. So you have to factor some of this, all that stuff in. The thing I I'm starting to really um, find almost more reliable than just heart rate is is their breathing and their respiration. Uh, Right. And then it's, it's like the instant you, the instant they feel that uh, their breathing starts to just deepen a little bit. It's not even that they're huffing and puffing or they're out of breath. It's just that there's a noticeable upward tick in the the depth of their breaths. That's kind of the upper end of the sweet spot of where we want to hit with some of this stuff. And yeah, I just I happen to I think it's important to take all of these things into consideration and then kind of arrive at a conclusion. Take your you know perceived exertion take your breathing take your heart rate and try to make sense and zero in on a on a zone that makes that makes sense for that particular type of work but yeah that low heart rate stuff can be it's it's a different takes a different mindset than what a lot of them are used to which is go hard go hard go hard and now we're telling them to go easy but you know hold it for an hour and Hmm. for some of these guys an hour they just it's like mind-boggling they can't they're like what i can't an hour an hour (laughs) oh my god they they can't even wrap their heads around it it's so long but uh and then they do it they get through their hour and they're fine and they come back the next week and they do it again and they're fine and then it just just becomes something that you do and yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, it's just now it's not a big deal it's just the way that it is yeah so that's true yeah i've been pretty happy with the way conditioning is going but i mean ultimately at the end of the day we'll have to see how these guys retest because that's what it's all about so uh getting better getting better mhm um yeah anything else uh nothing nothing for me uh uh-huh. you no know, funny stories any humorous tales from Stratford this week oh there's a uh was a, a bit of
1: a good one so like i said that tuesday tuesday squat thing that we did uh the next day a couple of those guys were on the ice and i was kind of watching them because there was no one in the gym for that for those couple minutes and he was at the end of his shift and it it just seemed really funny because he's a good really good really good player uh, very strong on his feet kind of known for that side of his game which is good and some small guy just kind of walked up and looked at him the wrong way and he just he just crumpled into a wall (laughs) and me and me and the other guy who had done the, the conditioning the next day were laughing about it because we know that's not that's not that's not his game and he he texted me back the next day after I let him know, and uh, he said, "Yeah, I uh, couldn't feel, couldn't really get my legs going for the first ten minutes there before I warmed up." So,
0: yeah, that'll do you in. That'll do you in. Yeah. That'll, that'll happen. I don't know. Pretty standard week here. Yeah. Nothing too funny happened. Okay. I don't <laughs> think. I don't no think. No one. No one had had any funny tales. This, yeah. No. Um. Yeah. Sorry. That segment probably wasn't as entertaining as uh-huh. I was hoping it would become, but yeah, I wish we could edit that out. Uh well we could, but I'm just not going to. <laughs> <clears throat> that's really that's nope. really what it's all about. Too bad it's there, it's in the world, this it is really happened. The zero effort podcast here. We Weird did so, that. the no production. Um Yeah. Okay. So well, since we're clearly out of ideas and interesting things to say and we're probably speaking to absolutely nobody right now, uh, let's wrap it up. So next week I think the Hoff will be back. Uh, he's taken a couple weeks off. He was done at the NHL uh, combine a couple weeks ago, so we're looking forward to hearing that and sharing that with our audience next week. Uh, I'm sure he's got some valuable insights to to share. But uh, no, it, it is a, it is a cool experience and it is a cool thing to uh, see what the you know the top 18 year olds are like and how they're performing and behaving at uh, at some of these events so yeah it'll be pretty cool so hopefully we'll get him back next week and then that's it yeah we're pretty much halfway through the summer program can you believe that oh gosh yeah, same.
1: yeah. Almost <laughs> right next, right next week next week, uh, to next week mark. is
0: week 8 that is week 8 of yeah. 16 and we got 8 more oh. and then it's hacky time hacky hacky <laughs> <Hockey. laughs> <Hockey> time <again. laughs> alright well that'll do it um, we never really tell anybody what they can do at the end of this so um. yeah if you want if you're listening to this on iTunes you can check us out on uh, Instagram we're probably the most active on Instagram at NLPT1 uh, website is mynlpt.com so you can check us out there other than that it's been a slice yeah it's been a great time so uh, <laughs> stay fit and have fun <laughs> stay fit and have fun <laughs> Woo! Uh, we're sticking with it